Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Top Tutor Podcast. I am Nathaniel Dahlquist, CEO and head tutor at Grove Prep. And this is my business partner, Alex Friedman, who is the owner of Brooklyn Math Tutors in New York City. Hi, Alex. Hello. And what are we going to talk about today, good sir? Well, since my company does mostly math um, and we don't know anything about college admissions, I was curious about how much do test scores matter when applying to college? Uh, For some background, when people uh, in my age group were applying to college, I guess in the late 90s, early 2000s, test scores were really important. They were like, oh my God, what'd you get on the SAT? Did you get like a 1500 or 15 whatever? And people were going nuts about test scores. People would prep for like months, years in advance. And uh, from what I understand, that's getting that's changing a little bit. But since you're you're in the college prep and college admission space, I wanted to know like, what's the real what's the real deal? Like, what's actually happening? Wow, what a great question! So I think that there are a lot of folks who are in the same boat as you and I actually, because when I was applying to college in the late twenty aughts, as it were, uh, they were a big deal. And so for those who don't necessarily know these tests. <laughs> don't like eat, sleep and dream these tests like I do. (laughs) There are two primary ones we're talking about, the SAT and the ACT. And these are two different tests. They are separate. They are very similar. They test math and English and reading. And the ACT also has a science section and currently in 2022, a writing section. But these things change all the time, change all the time. So Um, and basically students take these tests as a junior or a senior the last opportunity to take them for college admissions is october of senior year most students i would say take them in the spring of junior year some of them take them a little earlier some a little later but most kids start in the spring of junior year which means that a lot of the folks that i see have started tutoring in the fall to get ready for it so they do the ones who are really rearing to go and take those tests start tutoring several months in advance as they did many years ago. So both of those tests have been through some major changes in the last couple of years, not least of which was the the effect that the pandemic had on both of them. And so basically what happened is this. It used to be that the SAT and the ACT, these standardized tests, were really important for college admissions, and everybody really believed that they measured college readiness. And One of the things that's really valuable about these tests is that they are the same nationwide and globally. So you can take the SAT in Germany, which a student of mine is about to do, and it's going to be the same as as the test that somebody's taking in California or New York or Kansas or Wyoming, wherever. And that's actually really useful because what it does is it does supply a metric that can be studied and that can be used to sort of compare students from all over the country and colleges can find that very useful. Now, during the pandemic, it became impossible to hold these tests because people couldn't gather in locations together. So they be- a lot of schools went test optional. And basically what that meant is that the SAT and the ACT, you could still take them but they were not required as they used to be for the actual admissions process. So you could still get into schools without having to submit test scores. And usually, by the way, people only take one of them. You take either the SAT or the ACT. It doesn't really matter. It used to matter. It used schools, to matter, yeah. Yep. Schools would prefer one or the other, and that is no longer true. They're basically equal now. And so these 
these tests basically are they actually optional is a question I get from parents a lot. <laughs> like, like, does my student actually really need to take the SAT or the ACT to get into these schools? Do they just say that they're optional, but they actually still matter? And the answer, unfortunately, is yes and no. <laughs> so here is a way that those tests no longer matter. Colleges, a lot of colleges are test optional. They've, re, they've thought again. They've, they've had a little rethink about why they require those tests. And a lot of schools, especially to promote equity and inclusion, have made it so that they're not required because they want to see other things on kids' applications. They still look at extracurriculars. They still look at grades. They still look at sort of what your particular school system is like. But those tests, they believe, don't matter as much because there has indeed been some controversy over like, well, if you can afford to get a tutor on these tests, you can do really well. And that's actually true. There's a whole thriving business that I am a part of that helps students prepare for those tests. And it's, you know, it's digging up content knowledge. It's, you know, math they haven't learned, they haven't looked at since the eighth grade. Or math they haven't learned because they're not in a high enough math, math class. I teach it to them. I teach them the proper use of a semicolon and a colon and a comma and then show them exactly how that test tests those skills which are not skills used like in normal life or even a normal school like when i was looking i, I helped one person with a verbal sat just because there was no one around and i'm like when do you ever learn this this is like so test specific of course if you could pay a tutor you will do better how could you not right and so and it's you know it's really simple stuff in some cases it's like the way that both of these tests test semicolons is there needs to be a complete sentence on the left and a complete sentence on the right like, those are the rules for a semicolon. I never actually learned that in school. Uh, I think I may, might have, like, I still knew it somehow. But it, what what a tutor does for those tests is they make it very clear. They make it very clear what the rules are and what you're supposed to do. So, all that to say, a lot of schools no longer require those tests. They really don't. They don't care. However, <laughs> however, some of the elite schools and the higher level schools... For many of them, it is still optional. You absolutely can get in without taking those tests. However, if you do really well on those tests and submit them with your application, that looks very nice for you. That is definitely a mark of accomplishment, achievement, and, you know, it's hard to forget about the long history that we've had with these tests and those colleges still can value those scores. And so I will say that most of the students I tutor on those tests are indeed looking at those higher tier schools and not just Ivy Leagues, you know, like nice private private institutions, even some state schools, because fun fact, here's what those tests are also really good for scholarships. And I had two girls this past year who each won over $100,000 each. Not to one school, like, alas, we can't get too excited about that. You know, it was 10000 here, 20000 still a lot of money. But they won that money because of their scores on the SAT and the ACT. I think they both took the SAT, actually. And, and that, that can be worth the price of admission, for sure. Or, and by the price of admission, I don't mean... <laughs> admission to the school, of course, I just... The, you know, they both tutored with me, and so... I They... they they did really well. And it just depends on the school. It depends on what the family wants to do. And it can, it can go either way, to be honest. I, I do 
in my heart believe that they are optional. I do believe that schools that say they're test optional will let students in who haven't taken them. I really believe them on that. But basically, if you do really well, that looks nice for you. It seems like basically everything in specific is optional. Like, well, do you really have to be like a top sports player? Like, no, but if you are, it might help. Do you really have to be take seven APs? Maybe not. But if you'd want to and you do, that might help. Is it is it basically that the tests are now one of these things? It's like, okay, if you do a good job of it, like it's a big plus. If you can't do a good job of it, you just don't say anything? Yeah, I mean... That's a good point. I have many students who have decided not to take it. They have taken it. They're like, this is way too much work. I don't want to do this. And you know what? They're right. I think that it's I think that it would be a huge effort for them to do that and their time is better spent crafting great essays, you know, uh getting recommendation letters from their extracurriculars or from teachers and that they can build a really strong application without those things. And they and those kids have gotten into great schools also. So I and that's I think that's important information to have because they said, nope, this is not for me, and the schools didn't require it. Now, I will say we're still only a couple of years into this test optional world. And both the SAT and the ACT, I think, are looking very carefully at what that means for them <laughs> as companies. Uh I certainly would be looking at it. And by the way, the SAT is administered by the College Board, who's also in charge of the Common App uh, for applying to colleges. And actually, that may not be true. I'll check that. But, um, and the ACT is done by the ACT like company that administers those tests. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's a really different college landscape now than it was, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. And... I advise every student differently. I Let me think about this year. I had about four of my college seniors who took it, o- took the SAT. Only one of them did it with my help. Three of them just like took a class online or they studied in the book on their own and they did really well. They did fine. And then I had at least three who decided to go test optional and they're thrilled about where they're going to college next year. So... One of them is going to school for fashion design. So I think it's actually really important to mention, you know, if you want to go to college for a STEM subject or for something that does require really excellent math skills, or you want to go to school for, I don't know, humanities or English or something like that, it can behoove you to have a nice high verbal or English skill. But if you're going to go to school for fashion design, or if you're going to go to a conservatory program to study dance, you might not need the SAT or the ACT at all. And and I I actually think it would be quite silly for a student to to waste all that time working on that test if that's what they want to do. Uh, of course, then it changes if the school offers scholarships based on SAT or ACT, or if there are some in your local community where you can apply for scholarships like that. Um, so it's it it really depends on the geographic location and the schools that somebody wants to go to. Yeah, I I, I realize that like students would spend, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of hours on these tests. I mean, I had a student who uh, I tutored her when she was a freshman. And I remember said, Alex, I, I want to go to Princeton or whatever it was. And I was like, okay. She's like, I want to study for the ST. I'm like, now you're, you're a freshman. Like, what, what are you doing? But she did. She wanted to do it now. And and I think it's kind of nice that with this text optional stuff, instead of wasting that time on a test that once you take it, it's gone. Like a student can, you know, put that time into uh, a project, an extracurricular activity, something that creates some lasting value for them and then maybe more unique and more 
useful to show to a college than like a average test score. Yeah, that's a great point. I completely agree. <laughs> and it's literally my job. Um, I So for context, my average SAT or ACT student takes about 14 hours of lessons. So to, to, to prepare, and that is only in lesson time. That doesn't include homework. And I would say I give between one and two hours of homework a week, which they may or may not complete. So, and those 14 lessons are over about 12 to 14 weeks usually. And so sometimes they will, they, they'll do two lessons a week towards the end and really like cram for it and like really get in the zone. But other times, you know, it's just, it's just one lesson a week. I very rarely have people who do two lessons a week. It's not overkill. You can, it, it can be really useful for people, but usually one lesson a week is okay. And as long as the student is, I make this deal with all my students and their parents. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I will never be upset if you don't do the homework. Like I'm your tutor, not your teacher. Like this is totally, this is totally like an optional thing that's happening right now. But I'll make it, so I'm never going to be mad if you don't do it, but I'll make you this deal. If you do the homework I assign for you, you're going to get better. <laughs> yeah. And because what happens is when they spend time really thinking about it, they can come to me with more specific questions. Now, a couple extra things about these tests. They do not test above pre-calc. And so when you've got a student who's in the ninth grade looking to take, you know, prepare for the SAT, that's totally fine. It's a fact that they are going, they just haven't learned some of that math yet. And they're going to learn it their freshman and sophomore and junior years of high school. That's why taking it in spring of junior year is usually the sweet spot because they've had that whole extra year of junior math and that whole extra year of junior level English, which can be really helpful. So that's that's a part of the other reason why that time frame is so popular. So for people, I guess I'm trying to think of the short takeaway from this. For people who want to go to like the top schools, if they have lots of you know very competitive schools... If they're strong at these tests, would you suggest that they take it anyway and like have one more feather in their cap among the many other feathers they probably have to have to actually get in? I would, yes. And if you are curious, you can go to any school's website and look up their average SAT or ACT score for admission because they give they give that data, most schools do anyway, on their admission sites, and that can be really helpful. So uh, when I went to Yale, the median score, I believe, was like, 30 to 34 or like 32 to 35, like somewhere in there. And what that means is that some of the scores were lower and some were higher. Of course, there were some folks who got in with perfect scores. However, my friend Kelly, who was a senior when I was a junior in high school, got a perfect score on the ACT and didn't get into any Ivy Leagues. So a fun fact, getting a perfect score on those tests does not in any way... <laughs> guarantee that you'll get into one of those schools because it's still such a lottery and you have to have a very strong application in other areas. But it is worth noting that studying to get a perfect score is not necessarily the move. And I have students who have taken it two or three or even four times, which I do not recommend. Take it twice. I think twice is good. But the, the data that I've seen shows that score increases are negligible after the second go around. Uh, and they want to take it you know, a third or a fourth time to increase their super score, which is basically when you take all your best scores and get to send those, which is great. We love to see it. But that is a lot of time. And when you're trying to go from a 34 to a 35 on the ACT, 
that's only four more questions correct, essentially. You could argue it's like between four and six or whatever, which is, of course, that's fine. But it's not that many more. That's one per section, essentially. And there's an element of luck. Definitely an element of luck. Sometimes my students are successful at that and sometimes they're not. So it just kind of depends. Would you say this has changed the landscape of who goes to which college? Because, you know, you, you make test optional, but in the end, it's is it the same students, the same kind of students, the same like strength of students going to the same colleges? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. The I, I would I think that especially with the upper echelon schools, the things that what's actually changing the makeup of the student body are the is the diversity and inclusion initiatives. Um and I think that they are really they're actively trying to make sure that they look at qualified candidates from other backgrounds, uh, from from many backgrounds. And it, it which is great. It's that's that's really wonderful. But those people are still so smart, <laughs> you know, like like they're not they're not just looking for just anybody to go like the people they choose are absolutely brilliant. Like they're just great. And it's really wonderful. And it, it, it's really good. I would say that those initiatives are changing the makeup of student bodies more than like the test optional stuff is. So I think that'll hopefully help answer that question of whether to take this test or not. You know, just just because it says optional doesn't mean it's optional, but it, it might mean be. that it's optional. Right. Yeah. Really helpful. I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you have any questions about this, anything we've talked about today, or if there's anything else that you would like to hear us talk about, we will leave an email in the show notes. And if you would please let us know, that would be very helpful because what we want to do is give you the information that you want. <laughs> so if you let us know what you want to hear, we could talk about it. That would be really helpful for us. So we know what you, what you need. So yeah, we will see you next time. And thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Alex. Yep, thanks, Daniel. Bye-bye. See ya.